And our topic for today is Millennials in the Workplace. I'm one of the hosts, Malcolm Solomon, here on. And I'm another host, Kylie Lamore. Kylie Lamore. And the topic is Millennial in the Workplace, as as stressed before, uh, some of our hosts, as we said, have technical difficulties getting into the room, so I'm sure they'll be joining us soon. Uh, so our conversation will just focus on what do we think of the of the workforce being millennials? How do we approach it? What are our methods of going about getting a job or even maintaining a job? For myself, I see it as uh, – uh, a little different than how our parents would have seen it. My parents sometimes, I believe, would have seen it as um, opportunity for them to uh, advance in an area of working for somebody else and climbing up the ladder and uh, fighting to get to the top. But I don't see it. I see that a little bit now, but not as much as I used to before. I think now... A lot of those uh, individual, a lot of the millennials uh, look at jobs as a stepping stone. They don't stay at one job for too long before they move away and try to work at another location. And the littlest thing can probably set them off at the job and make them want to dislike it. Some of them uh, leave job for uh, advancement. Some of them leave it just because it made them feel uncomfortable, you know. But I don't see them looking at work and the same uh, respect as uh, the generation that came before us. Um, even even uh, going through uh, education, you know, system, because either you were working or you were doing something within the education field, and education used as uh, such a step is going. Not too many people going to get PhD. So that idea of just working at something for a long period of time, I believe, is just out the window. What do you think, Kylie? The topic is millennials in the workplace, and Malcolm did a really good job of kind of opening it up and talking about um, just what, you know, what it means to different millennials. Um, and as we get into tonight's conversation, we're going to be addressing a couple of things. We're going to be talking about how millennials have shaped the workplace today um, and if companies find it difficult to manage millennials. And then also we're going to talk about um, our, the way that millennials are innovating the wheel um, because we hear the saying a lot of the times there's no reason to reinvent the wheel, but I think that millennials are doing just that. And so I think it's worth talking about some of those things. Um, and it's actually really interesting as we're running this show and I'm thinking about how innovative millennials are and just the way that we do things uh, versus other generations is ironic. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, but I am excited to bring the guest on. His name is Angel. Um, he's super successful. He's someone that's in my circle. I've brought a lot of people onto the show that are, are people that I know um, in the community. He's a poli- the political director of the Silicon Valley Young Dems. He's uh, a Mexican-American. Uh, he's a former policy aide to a council member in the community. He's currently in law school at one of the most competitive schools in the country. And he has a lot of perspectives. He's worked as an education organizer. He's done a lot of different things. Um, and he is extremely ambitious and is really strategic about the kind of opportunities he takes and the way in which he mentors other 
generations coming on, up under him um, on how to take certain opportunities and, and shape the workforce. Uh, and so I, it's something that I really admire about him. And he's one of those people that I wouldn't consider to be someone that's really good at playing the game, but I would consider him to be a game changer. And so it's going to be really great to hear from him um, and his perspective. And he'll be calling and he'll be calling in about 10, 15 minutes, so we'll get to spend a good amount of time talking to him. But I'll turn it over to Kylie if there's anything that you wanted to, to say about the topic. Uh, as far as the topic goes, I think that you both have some really good points um, as far as it goes. Um, I think that millennium, millennials really are changing um, the workplace and the work environment and the culture of the workplace as well, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that we've learned from what we've seen and the way that we've been brought up and the things that we've learned has really kind of shaped who we are. And uh, I think that we're changing things in a lot of ways for the better. Absolutely. So why don't we go around and talk a little bit about maybe how we are um, changing the game a little bit in our careers. And we'll each take maybe about 30 seconds to a minute, and then we'll go ahead to a commercial. Um, I guess I'll start it off. So I think about just my journey in education, and it's been a, a long one, and it's been it's had its, its ups and downs. And something that I've been able to do, though, is be extremely innovative with my role. I started as a tutor. I worked my way into the classroom, became a teacher. But the last three roles that I've had in education were all roles that I innovated myself, the first one being uh, teaching social justice, which I've talked about earlier in our season, and how I wrote a social justice curriculum for kindergarten through fifth grade students, that was something that hadn't been done in that education network before. But um, I created it. I was able to roll it out and was extremely successful. The following year, when I moved to another education network, I brought in a restorative justice program, and that was just based off of a visit to a campus, saw how students were interacting with teachers, saw the harm that had been done in the community and, and went to the administrators and asked if I could bring a program like this here. And it's something that I, I built out from scratch um, and the school worked with me and I was able to, to be innovative in that way. Again, extremely, extremely effective, um, effective program. Because of the data that was gathered from the creation of that program, this year, another position was brought on um, and created for me. It was something that the network had never done before, and it was called MTSS, Multi-Tiered Student Support Services. So now I have the opportunity to work with administrators, teachers, students, and families on restorative practices, how to be culturally responsive and aware, and how to provide the best support so that every single student gets served. And so I feel like as a millennial, um, I, I have that creative edge, and I've been able to go into places where they might not have thought about this or wanted to do these kinds of things until I came. And, yeah, I had to fight for these positions, but I think that it was necessary, and I think that com- the community benefited from it. Um, and so I feel like that's an example of just how we kind of go into the workplace and innovate things um, for the better. Yeah, I can agree. I think that I, I think our generation looks, seeks change where in any arena that we're in. So we're talking about the workforce. Uh, I don't think we just, too many of us like to just go with the motion. Some of us are just like, uh, you know, this is what it is. Nothing is going to change. But some of us are just relentless when it comes to just making work situations a little bit better, you know. So uh, 
that's why you can describe, you know, your situation and as you looked at what was needed in your workplace, you know, you you uh, sought to bring forth that type of change in there, you know, whatever resources or programs were necessary at that time, you know, I'm pretty sure you was reaching out so we're having that and trying to have those things implemented within your school system. So I see our generation, you know, not all, but uh, some, you know, looking to bring change within their work- workplace. I agree. I definitely think that um, we're bringing change in the workplace. And one thing that I've noticed over the years and the different jobs that I've had um, working with younger um, people of our generation, millennials um, especially, we have a more sense of teamwork, um, and we, we work better together instead of so much individually. Um, and I think that that can be a good idea, or it can be good as far as, you know, coming up with different ideas and being able to put your heads together and find better solutions. And so I think that the dynamic of the workplace has definitely changed um, through our generation. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so when we come back, we'll be talking with Angel about his experience hearing from him and getting an opportunity to ask and answer some questions. Um, So we'll be right back. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are a strong advocate for life empowerment, like empowering a generation that has been grossly misunderstood and disparaged to shatter the misconceptions about them. No Sleep was created to give millennials a platform to express themselves and let the world know who they really are and what they believe, their values, interests, fears, and more. This is a diverse group gender-wise and racially that we are very, very proud of. We invite you to tune in, whether you are a millennial or not, and learn from these outstanding young people. Listen every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 7 o'clock p.m. Central for No Sleep, Shattering Millennial Misconceptions. Angel, um, who I introduced uh, earlier, uh, and he is the political director of the Silicon Valley Young Democrats. He's a former policy aide uh, and a city, co- a city council member in our in my district out here in San Jose. Um, and he is a current law school student. Um, also, like I said earlier, he is a, a, to me a successful millennial who is really strategic about the types of ambitious moves to make in the workforce and how to mentor others that are coming up after him on how to do the same. So that's why I thought he would be a great guest for this topic. So um, tonight, Angel, we're talking about millennials in the workplace and ambition um, because there are there's just kind of a lot of back and forth about this uh, in terms of like, do millennials make the workplace more challenging? Um, is it difficult to manage millennials? Uh, are millennials reshaping the workplace? Um, are we uh, creating our own opportunities rather than working for companies? Um, because the, the facts state that millennials are not staying at jobs for more than five to seven years. And, you know, other generations before were sticking it out for 20, you know, 10, 15, 20 years retiring, and, and that looks a lot different for our generation. So, Angel, I'm going to go ahead and open up. You can talk a little bit about yourself, um, what you do, and then um, maybe start talking a little bit about just millennials in the workplace and your perspective on how we're navigating 
through the workplace. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, uh, Latoya, for the invitation. I'm very happy to be here on the air with you guys. Um, uh, well, like you said, uh, with the current political and economic climate, uh, a lot of us, a lot of millennials, uh, or in with for those who are not millennials, folks under 35, uh, have found themselves quite dissatisfied with the model older generations have constructed as a path to success, right? Uh, working hard, keep your head down, don't make waves is not something that we as young folks are okay with anymore. Um, especially since 2011, there have been such active shootings of young men of color, uh, me, uh, people in leadership who are not listening to us, and of course, rising costs of housing and education. So with these pressures on us, on our generation, uh, it is very hard to say that uh, the path that our grandparents took, the path that our parents took, uh, is something that is uh, fitting the model that we as young folks want to create for ourselves, right? Um, uh, a lot of people and a lot of old bosses I used to have uh, would say, no, it's like, what, uh, I suffered through this. I worked really hard. Uh, therefore, the new people have to suffer and learn the value uh, of hard work and dedication. Um, but I don't think millennials are lacking that. You know, if anything, we're we're a lot more active. We're a lot more vocal uh, about the things that we care about. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, because we have such a high opinion uh, and of a lot of issues, uh, both social, economically, and even how we want to be treated in the workforce, uh, people believe that we are a hard generation to work with. Uh, and so I do take issue with that uh, just because uh, it is a, a very disgusting sort of statement. Um, but at the same time, though, if people just stop and think of all the pressures that we as young people have, we don't have the luxury uh, to go uh, and travel the world anymore. You know, we have to take care of ourselves, both uh, mind and body, uh, while at the same time paying bills that were higher than ever before uh, as soon as you graduate college. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Angel, would you say in terms of um, millennials in the workplace, would you say that there there is um, a disconnection between millennials that are working for other millennials? Like, say, if you're your supervisor or the person you report to is a millennial, or there's more mm -hmm. of a disconnection between millennials that are working for someone from another generation, maybe a baby boomer? Well, there, I can definitely see a disconnect with different generations. Um, I, I'm pretty sure you've read the articles of, you know, millennials are killing uh, avocado toast or all these other things, you know, these misconceptions <laughs> that we as a generation are actively seeking to destroy the system that our elder generations have created. Um, and so you can definitely see and feel that misconception there. Um, as for uh, millennials with millennials, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the times, uh, we don't have that luxury of working uh, for that many millennials, right? If you start a tech mm -hmm. company, you surround with people who are like-minded and they tend to be the same age. Uh, but unfortunately, mm -hmm. in uh, agencies and situations like government or institutions, government institutions, educational institutions, uh, it's very hard uh, when a lot of the times these folks got there because they, quote-unquote, waited their turn. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. I love that because I think there's so much that's centered around that. Um, and so thinking about your experience um, as a political director working with the Silicon Valley Young Dems, and I mean, there are young Democrats 
all across the nation. And so mm-hmm. um, this apply to anyone. Um, so thinking about, because I know, you know, I know you and I are closer in age than some of the uh, maybe young <laughs> Dems that are, uh, that yeah. are serving. Um, and I wanted to know how you felt about that. Um, how do you feel about working with younger millennials? Um, do you mm-hmm. find that there's still that same level of com- competitiveness, drive, ambition, um, and and how do you navigate that, being um, a little bit yeah. on, on that older side? There are the more seasoned well, side, I should say. No, absolutely. And I think it's important to, for us as the older generation of millennials, the more the front end of it, if you will, uh, to find mm-hmm. ways to make it easier to navigate these new systems, right? Uh, one mm-hmm. of my goals as a political director for the Silicon Valley Young Democrats is how can we create or how can we sometimes rebuild the wheel in order to fill in those gaps that the older generations have left out, right? Uh, younger mm-hmm. millennials, younger uh, folks uh, grew up with cell phones and with iPads and with a constant stream of content and information. And so being able to use that effectively and sparsing out both, you know, what uh, I don't want to like, I don't really like using this term, but what is fake news uh, and what is real to the causes that we care about is extremely important. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so for me, I think what I want to create, uh, especially within the club and what we should be working towards creating is how do we create a system where we support each other, where we pull each other up. Uh, and even though ambition is there, ambition should not trump solidarity. Uh, powerful words. Powerful. Um, Kylie or uh, Malcolm, do you guys have any questions for Angel? I mean, I could go on all day. So I, I want to open it up <laughs> and see if you guys have any questions. Yeah, definitely want to uh, join in on the conversation. So my, my, my question was this. So I think we all had uh, pretty much an agreement on uh, a lot of the millennials are now uh, see you work differently than the generation before. My question is, what do you think about <clears throat> those individuals who uh, view work as uh uh, something to hate, something to not look forward to. They would rather sit at home and uh, uh, receive government um, funding, you know, or, 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 or housing. Um, and they are also considered millennials. Why is it? Why do you believe or why do you think that um, that kind of mindset isn't uh, uh, uh is established is established for them, but it's not the same as what we just described as what we see a lot of millennials have. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's definitely two questions uh, in that question. Uh, and the first being, you know, what is, uh, in kind of going to the nuances of it, what is the importance of guaranteed housing and guaranteed uh, education and getting guaranteed uh, medical services, right? Um, I think for the more older senior millennials, oh, my God, I can't believe I just said that, but for the older folks uh, within the millennial age group, um, this is something that we uh, started experimenting with and pushing as a policy, right? Um, and I think, uh, like I said before, you know, together to make the younger generations feel that they have is extremely important, right? They come to a table, they don't hear or see anyone within their age range, and every time they say something, they're like, oh, you're dumb, you just don't want to work, you're lazy. Uh, that is literally discouraging them, discouraging them from act- taking an active, participating stance uh, in the political process. 
right? Uh, all of us have a one teacher that they just absolutely remember because they believed in them and they did something uh, that actually changed their life, right? I have a, a teacher, uh, Miss Bartolo, uh, who was uh, a Trace Elementary teacher, uh, and she actually took me aside and says, you know, hey, I think you're absolutely really smart. Uh, how about you come after class and, you know, we'll try to work some of these things out. Just her having me take me aside and say, I believe in what you have to say, uh, really pushed me in a different path than I would have ended up otherwise, you know? And so I think for uh, us, even within our own generation, even with a uh, or younger generation, Generation Y, um, I think it's uh, definitely finding ways to connect uh, with folks that might not be uh, connecting with them in their language. Okay. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. So now I actually have a question because I was thinking about it as you were answering that question in terms of being <laughs> surgeon and thinking about your experience also um, in education and, and, and now where you're at, you know, being, being a leader and leading these young millennials and being the person to be encouraging. What drives your ambition, Angel? <laughs> I, partly I do not want to see people go through the same things I've gone through. Right. Uh, going into college, I went uh, into a university that only had eight uh, percent uh, to thirteen uh, percent Latinos graduating as engineers. Right. I was actually uh, pretty much discouraged to follow engineering, and I went into public policy, my second passion. Right. Uh, through the political mind frame and through the political lens that I was taught, that was through some very amazing professors, um, I was able to find that identity and that drive that I currently. Have have today, right? And so if we can create a generation, some sort of pipeline for the next generation, whether it be generation Y or generation after that, uh, to be able to have a stronger voice, uh, that is something that to me would be an amazing legacy to leave behind. Uh, At the same time, I'm tired of going into rooms, whether it be uh, the city council halls or going to uh, any kind of political room or even within activist organizations uh, and seeing people who are 60 or 70 or 80, right? It's great uh, that retirement allows you and affords you uh, the ability uh, to be able to be active within your community, uh, but there should be ways to focus it beyond those who have the means to sustain themselves and the means to be able to participate. You know, we should be bringing everyone to the table, not just those select few with the resources to do so. I love that you said that too, Angel, because I feel like we can't, We re- there's not one topic we can cover as millennials <laughs> in terms of just anything, politics, immigration, social responsibility, health conscious choices, all that, without addressing the fact that there are still communities that do not have access to resources. And so what is the, like, thinking about the difference between millennials that are a part of that group and millennials that do have that easy access to resources, what do you notice um, the differences between them? Because we both, and I know, you know, myself as a black woman, you as a brown man understand, you know, what that's like and still have been able to find success, but it might have looked di- different than others. So what, what is the difference between millennials that you've seen have access versus those who don't? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, that question is also a very loaded question, right? Like all of us yeah. <laughs> uh, have had a lot of opportunities and been afforded uh, a lot of, uh, uh, I wouldn't say leeway, but a lot of uh, 
ability to be able to choose and forge our own path. You know, having a teacher pull me aside, having the ability to get grants to go to college, uh, having uh, an English teacher that I could actually understand when I could only speak Spanish, uh, having uh, any sort of things along the way. If one of those things, if one of those key steps in that ladder goes wrong, uh, the privilege and the resources all of a sudden vanish. Right. Uh, in education, for example, third grade is a measure of how many jails you're going to have to build. The fact that that statistic is true and it exists scares me and, and makes me mad at no uncertain level, because unfortunately, uh, we're basically telling young folks uh, by third grade, we know that you're not worth it anymore. Right. Uh, and so for those of us, I guess, that you would consider successful and that I would consider successful, what we had is we had the fortune and the opportunity to not get lost in the system not meant for. Uh, and so uh, we have to find ways, like I said before, to get more people active, to get more people engaged and involved uh, in smaller ways than bigger ways in order to have them have a voice at the table. Right, absolutely. Um, thank you so much, Angel. Like, you're just, you're giving us so much, and there's so many resources, too, and, and a lot of really good advice and insight. Um, so I'll give my co-host an opportunity again to ask any questions before I ask the final question. Is there anything else anyone wants to ask? I know I ask a lot of questions. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go ahead and ask the final question because, and I know Malcolm, he's usually really part of the conversation, but he's engineering the show right now, so he's mm -hmm. kind of having to go back and forth. Um, but the <laughs> That's definitely question, fine. Right? Um, but the final question I have for you, Angel, is this. What advice would you give to the generation coming up under us when it comes to the workplace um, and navigating through that today? Because even yeah. that for them is different than it was for us. Yeah. Well, two pieces of advice. The first one for the older millennials like us, uh, I would say find yourself someone you can mentor, mm -hmm. right? We have not been in this world for very long, but our experiences are definitely something very new and very different from our parents' experiences and our grandparents' experiences. Sharing that allows people to feel that they're being listened. For the younger generation, uh, my recommendation is uh, never stop believing that you can get where you want to get, right? If you want to go ahead uh, and uh, have a company, uh, never give up, right? Hopefully there's going to be someone willing to give you a hand when you get there uh, and lift you up like others have lifted me and others have lifted a, a lot of people that are uh, around us. Um, but never give up uh, and never stop dreaming. Like it's such a cliche thing to say, uh, but younger generations, the one thing that we do have in abundance uh, is drive, is imagination, and especially is hope. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Angel, because you're right. Times are getting tougher. Yes, there are things that we have to do. We have responsibility. And um, I think that dreaming and holding on to hope and faith and being consistent in our dreams and being able to lean on one another and, and being willing to mentor someone are very critical things if we ever hope to reimagine the system and strengthen our community. So I want to thank you again for coming on tonight, Angel. I know that your time is very precious because you're one of the busiest people that I know. So I really appreciate you coming on tonight and, and sharing a few minutes with us. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for the invite uh, and uh, for your time here in the air. Yes. Awesome. All right. Have a good night. You too. Okay.
All right. So we um, actually, it is 5.40, and I know that we usually have our show for an hour, but I think that we've had quite a bit of technical difficulties tonight. Um, And I also think that Angel left us with an abundance of information, knowledge, and resources that we can kind of soak up. So I'm actually going to go ahead and um, end the show early tonight, um, and then we can get it edited, that, that beginning part edited where there was some silence. We'll have it edited out. And for those of our listeners that might have come on late, that will be taken care of, and you'll be able to listen to the show from when we actually start talking. Um, I actually uh, also have another announcement to make, um, and that announcement is that tonight is going to be my last show um, with uh, No Sleep. Uh, I think that for me, while I, I love what we're talking about, um, I just want to um, I just want to make sure that I'm in a place where I have capacity to um, to run this kind of show. And so I do have some great stuff that's up and coming um, that I'll be sharing with everyone as well. But I wanted to just let all of our listeners know uh, right now so that you didn't come on next week or another week and be like, oh, what happened to Latoya? Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and just let you all know that. Um, and then. With that said, uh, it's been great uh, doing this for the past few weeks. Um, please reach out to each other, look out for each other, and, and um, let's continue to build our communities together and stick together. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great night.